You are listening to Your Word on the Way. We trust the Word of God to encourage you, comfort you, and even challenge you as you grow in your walk with the Lord. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and podcast. Thanks again for joining us for Your Word on the Way. And give Jesus a great big hand clap of praise this morning. Hallelujah. Come on, if you're thankful for the blood of Jesus, go ahead and shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. How many of you know that God is all-powerful? Hallelujah. How many of you know that that power works for you? Amen. The power of God is not just for him to be powerful. What is the point of a strong man who does nothing? Don't say amen if your husband is one of those guys. Keep it to yourself for a moment. What's the point of a strong man who does nothing? It's pointless. But God is all-powerful, and he does something with that power. Amen? And his power works for you. Now, I have a question for you this morning. Where is Christ currently seated? At the right hand of the Father. And another question to you would be, where are we currently seated? With Christ on his throne. Now, I know that that theology can get like, I mean, it could sound like it's a little messy. Uh, I said it in the earlier service. Isn't that what Satan got kicked out of heaven for? Um, He tried to ascend above God. But isn't that awesome how Christ seats us with him on his throne? And because he is at the right hand of the Father, we know that God has placed all enemies under Jesus' feet. So where are our enemies? Under our feet. And the Bible says that as he is, so are we in this world. So as God is, so are we. So he has all of the authority. And so God has given us authority. Amen? And God has made us in his image. What did he say in Genesis? Let us make mankind in our image. And so we are made in the image of God. We are seated with Christ on his throne. And Christ is above every name that can be named in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And so that means our position is that we are probably much higher than we expect of ourselves. We are in a much higher position. You can actually not get any higher as far as your spirit is concerned. She felt that. She's like, as far as you are 100% wall-to-wall Holy Ghost in your spirit. Amen? What has to catch up is our body and our soul realm. Um, The Bible talks about how we are spirit, soul, and body. So you are 100. This is like, I'm just basically regurgitating Andrew Womack right now uh, because he's a a great Christian man. Um, You are 100% wall-to-wall Holy Ghost in your spirit, but your soul, where your mind's at, um, that gets transformed uh, by by reading the word. And your body, how many of you guys know that your body's got to catch up to, to what your spirit is? The Bible says that our bodies are wasting away, but our spirits are being renewed day by day. And so it's our bodies that has to be catched up, caught up. It's our bodies that uh, have to be strengthened. 
And so you are as high as you're going to get as far as far as your spirit is concerned. Ephesians says, I think it's Ephesians, that we are blessed with all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly realms. Everybody say all. How many spiritual blessings do you have from the heavenly realms? Oh, so you have all that you need. The Bible also says that we have been given the measure of faith. So you even have enough faith. You've got the measure of faith of Christ. That's what the Bible says. So the same measure that Christ had of faith, you have the same measure. So you don't need to get anything more as far as faith is concerned. You don't need to, it's given to you, okay? So you are 100% wall-to-wall Holy Ghost, and you are as high as you're going to get as far as your spirit is concerned. As he is, so are we here in this world. But sometimes we got to catch up in the world realm, right? On this earth that we're living in, we got to catch up to what the reality of who we are in Christ. Isn't that right? So we've got to catch up. There's some catching up to do. You can be in a different place tomorrow than you are today. So if you're taking notes, point number one is God has the power to promote you. It's like, amen. God has the power. You never know when you're going to say that, whether all of the air is going to get sucked out of the room or if, or if people are going to grab it by faith. God has the power to promote you. You could be in a different place tomorrow than you are today. In fact, it doesn't even take God a whole day to promote you. Do you know that the Bible talks, how about go, go to Psalm 126. Psalm 126. I'll read the whole thing. When the Lord brought back his exiles to Jerusalem, it was like a dream. We were filled with laughter and we sang with joy. And the other nations said, what amazing things the Lord has done for them. Yes, the Lord has done amazing things for us. What joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord, as the streams renew the desert. Oh, fortunes. Fortunes. Have you asked God for a fortune recently? Not, Not like, give me my fortune. Not that kind of fortune. Amen. As far as money is concerned. Have you even asked God for a fortune? No, we don't think to ask God for those things because we think that it's, it's selfish. There's this, this mindset that promotion is self-seeking. But if you would take a moment and see what the blessing of God to the, did to the nations around Israel, you would see that the blessing of God then points other people to God. It points people to Jesus. If you would give God the glory, it will point people to Jesus. The nation said, what wonderful things the Lord has done for them. When was the last time a nation was talking about you? I mean, I know your neighbors talk about you sometimes. I know, I know the, you know, your coworkers talk about you sometimes. And sometimes it's in a ne- negative way. But when was the last time a nation talked about you? Then you're not as high as God wants you to be. As far as your position here on this world, your position is not for popularity. Your position is for purpose. Your position as you walk here on this earth, it's for the purpose of God to be fulfilled in you and through you. Why? That God would get the glory. 
that the nations would say what wonderful things God has done for them, that nations would see how blessed you are as a child of God and wonder, what God do they serve? I mean, this is, this is silly, but, you know, when I'm at Walmart, <clears throat> sometimes I, I do like a little side hustle. Sometimes I go for clearance at, at Walmart. And like you, if you see it online, you got to run to it because otherwise people get to it before you. And uh, I like flipped $800 worth of grills in one week at, at Walmart, the, the one week. But people run to those things. And when you get to Walmart or when you get to a grocery store and somebody's like, you know, huddled around a particular thing, you're like, what is that that they're looking at? And you want to get in on it, right? Um, that's how teenagers are. You know, there's a commotion and everybody wants to get in on it. And that's, there could be a commotion around you, a good commotion. People will want to get in, in on it because of what God is doing in your life. Amen? So it doesn't even take one day for God to turn around your life. Deuteronomy 8.18 says that God gives you the power to create wealth. He gives you the power to create wealth. Psalm 75, 6 says promotion doesn't come from the east or the west. Promotion comes from the Lord. So it doesn't matter how skilled you are. It doesn't matter uh, if, you, if you have a job that there is a higher position for you even to get into. It doesn't matter what your natural case is. Promotion comes from the Lord. It doesn't come from the East. It doesn't come from the West. There's no reason that I should have a position at a church. You know why? Because I, when I was in college, I noticed that everybody who was getting jobs at churches, they were people who had parents who were pastors. And my parents weren't pastors. So I was like, I, you know, I just got saved not too long ago. Nobody's going to give me a job. And I'm telling you, it, it was the favor of the Lord on my life. I, I grew up in this church. And so that's like part of it. And I stayed planted at this church. But there was a day that I had a dream that there, in the dream, the pastor was saying and preaching and saying, you know what, Nicole, you're, you're called to Bethlehem. And I had felt like I was going to have to travel around because no church would take me. I thought I was going to, you know, I'm just going to have to minister through music and, and do that kind of stuff. I'll have to travel around. You're going to be in Bethlehem, Nicole, and that's going to be where you're going to minister. And I had a dream that I was the worship leader here. And... Pastor Cole actually woke me up out of the dream through a phone call saying, hey, our, our uh, worship leader is, is stepping down. I can't think of anybody else that has a heart for worship the way that you do. And uh, would you pray about it? And I was like, I don't need to pray. You woke me up out of a dream where I was dreaming the dream. And I was being told by God that I was going to minister in Bethlehem. I was going to be the worship leader. Now, what you need to know is that I was horrible on the guitar, and I was not quite there with the singing. Um, if you go back about 11 years, uh, people will tell you the same thing. And I'm not trying to be modest at all. What I'm trying to say to you, it doesn't matter your skill. It doesn't matter your popularity. What matters is that you have a heart for God. And if you would look to him, if you would have faith in him, if you would believe the word of God for your life, it doesn't matter how skilled or unskilled you are. Promotion comes from the Lord. Go ahead and say, I receive it. I receive it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Amen. The Israelites went from being slaves to being loaded down with silver and gold in one day. I don't know what it feels like to be loaded down with silver and gold, but I have a feeling that that's a kind of back pain that you want, right? Oh, I, I didn't sleep well last night. Oh, is your back bothering you from all the silver and gold again? Yep. That's it. That's it. Amen. Restore our fortunes, Lord. Amen. How about the lepers who were outside of the camp? There were lepers who were outside of the camp. There was a famine within the city. And um, the lep- there were lepers. They were outcasts. Have any of you ever felt like you're an outcast? So you're not going to par- be able to partake in all the blessing that God has for you because you're an outcast. Uh, well, think again. Here were lepers. They were outcasts. They weren't allowed into the city. And they were like, basically, I'll sum up the story. They go, listen, should we just sit here and die? If we go in, there's no food. We can't go in. We're going to die here and starve. Why don't we try to surrender to the Arameans? If they kill us, we were dead man walking anyway, so we might as well try it. So they go, and here it turns out God performed a miracle uh, in the meanwhile. And so they go into this area. They find in the camp that there's tons of food. There's donkeys. There's all the, you know, food. Uh, wine, everything that they need. They eat their fill. They start hiding stuff, clothes, and, uh, you know, like what I do with Oreos so that the kids don't get them. Like I take some, I put them in a baggie, I hide them away. They start hiding stuff, and they go, really, this is bad for us to keep it all to ourselves. So why don't we go tell other people about it so that they can partake of it? You know what? That's what the Bible talks about when it's saying that you're going to receive from God, press down, shaken together and running over. There is a running over. The pressed down and shaken together, that's for you. But there is a running over that can flow out of you that, bec- that can become a blessing. And yeah, it's not good for you to keep it all to yourself, but no, I'm not keeping it all to myself. So bless me, God. Amen? God will promote you. He'll move you from one place to another. It doesn't even take one day. Look at Joseph. Joseph went from being in prison to being second in command to Pharaoh in one day. I mean, this is the Bible. We don't have kings nowadays or pharaohs, at least in in our country. But could you imagine that today you're Nick Zayner sitting on the front pew and next, next thing you know, he's vice president to Joe Biden. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's the point of the blessing of God? To run over. You know what? You could use your position and give God the glory, right? He could be a light on a city on a hill, right? He could be second in command in this nation. That's what I'm trying to get at. He could be second in command in the nation. Well, that, that will never happen. Well, it's because you don't believe that it could ever happen for you. You can believe that God can take you higher. It doesn't matter what your work situation looks like. It doesn't matter if you don't have a job. And, you know, some people have this mindset that, like, you know, people need to hear the gospel everywhere. I understand that. Like, I get that. So there are people, you know, maybe you need to work at Burger King because they need to hear the gospel. 
But Jesus said, go into the highways and byways and compel them to come. You don't have to live in the highways and byways to go to the highways and byways. Amen. And there's, there's nothing wrong with working at Burger King, working at Pizza Hut. I'm speaking from my own experience. There's nothing wrong with cleaning toilets. Amen. I did it for many years. I cleaned those toilets. I scrubbed the poo. You know, I've been there. There's nothing wrong with it. Don't despise small beginnings. For the Lord loves to see a work begin, but you don't stop where you begin. Right? You don't end where you started. And that's not how God will deal with you. You don't have to, you don't have to end where you started. You don't have to stop at the beginning. He takes us from glory to glory. He takes us from strength to strength. He takes us from victory to victory. If you believe it for your life, go ahead and shout amen. amen. Your level of faith in God to position you in a place of influence and affluence, that's directly connected to how high you'll go. Your level of faith. Me believing God can take me higher. How high can I go? Well, how high is Christ? Because I'm seated with him on his throne. That's how high you can go. That's what the Bible says. So if, it, if you're in a position, know that as God promotes you, it's to bring him glory. It's to glorify God and to point people to Jesus. When men are cast down, you shall say there is a lifting up. How many of you guys know that the world was cast down the last couple years? About to throw it somewhere. The world was cast down the last couple years. How many of you would say that over your life there was a lifting up? Hallelujah. Go ahead and praise God for the lifting up. Praise God. Hallelujah. When men were cast down, we said there's a lifting up. I have tens of thousands of dollars less income this year than I did last year. I gave 30% of my income this, this year. And I have more in the bank account now than I did this time last year. Go ahead and give God praise. When there's a casting down, you shall say there's a lifting up. You know that you can connect your faith. Faith is, is voice activated. So you can connect your faith with what God wants to do with your life and you can speak it out of your mouth and you can have it. You can say, no, there's a lifting up. I don't care if there's unemployment out the wazoo. There's a lifting up. His promises are yes. And we respond with a resounding. Amen. That's your choice. Whether to agree with the promises of God or not. No tactic of the enemy, no plan of the enemy can keep you small unless you receive it for yourself. Okay? No plan of the enemy can keep you small. No plan of the enemy can keep you oppressed or where you're at unless you allow it. Let me give you an example. Joseph's brothers were jealous of him. It's pretty shameful that someone can be loved by their father and then hated by their brothers because the father loves the, the brother. That's pretty shameful. But what would have happened if Joseph got caught up on the jealousy part and just quit and just didn't care about seeing his dream come to pass any longer because people were jealous of him? 
because people were trying to kill him. I mean, that's pretty serious. You get a pass, you know, if that kind of stuff. No, but really, how many modern day Josephs or Davids do we have in this sanctuary right now that we don't even know about because they quit when somebody got jealous? Because they quit when, when somebody accused them falsely, when they were innocent all along. How many modern day Josephs or Davids or Daniels or Elijahs or, or Elishas do we have, but we haven't seen their life come into fruition and what the purpose that God has for them because they got deterred by a tactic of the enemy. And I'm telling you, if Joseph could push through, if David could believe during it, you can believe too. Amen. It doesn't matter who's jealous. It doesn't matter who hates you. It gets serious in the Bible. It doesn't matter who's trying to kill you. They cannot take away God's purpose for your life. Hallelujah. It takes a decision to be counted among the great men and women of God. And that decision is you responding to God's promises with a yes and amen. Amen. You can't curse what God blessed. You cannot curse what God has blessed. If God has blessed you, and he has through Christ Jesus, you cannot stay small. You can't. Tomorrow you could wake up different. You could wake up in a different position. Do you know what it takes? I receive it, Father. I know you're taking me higher. I know there's a higher place for me, and I know I'm giving you the glory when I get there. Amen? And I'm going to give you the glory in the meantime. Everybody say, there's a meanwhile. Number two, if you're taking notes, God has the power to keep you. He has the power to keep you. Psalms 121, 121, verse 5. I'll read it in a minute. He has the power to keep you in the meanwhile. You know, we get, a lot, we get very caught up in the suddenly because how many of you know there's a suddenly that God does stuff like that? And it's like you're, you're one place, one, one moment you're in the jail and the next moment you're in a palace and you're like, what even just happened? And we get caught up in the suddenlies of the Bible and we forget that there are meanwhiles in the Bible too. I don't know, I don't always know why, but there are in-betweens. And you see it in the scripture, but you see it in your life too. From the moment you start praying to the moment you receive the answer. There's an in-between, and there's a meanwhile. And if we only give God glory, and we only see what God is doing when we've received the suddenly, then you're going to forget God all during the meanwhile. And when you don't have the suddenly quite yet, you'll start to question God. Like, why haven't I received that suddenly moment? Why haven't I received that breakthrough that I've been asking for? You have to know through the word of God that he can keep you, that he has the power to be your keeper. And that is an attribute of God. He watches over you. The Bible says this, the Lord himself is your keeper. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon 
by night, the Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. Dr. Holmes says this, when there is a fear not in the Bible, you better believe there's something to fear. When God says fear not, 100% of the time, there is something that you could be afraid about. But he's your keeper in those moments where there is a reason to fear. He says fear not because he's with you. His rod and his staff, they, they guide you. They comfort you. He is our keeper. The Bible says he will give us peace that surpasses all understanding. What's the point of that Bible verse if there's not times in our lives that we feel like there's no way we could have peace? Or that you could look at somebody's life and go, wow, how do they have the peace of God right now? If it wasn't that they're going through something. Jesus said, in this world you will have troubles, but take heart, I have overcome the world. We latch on to the take heart, and we should, right? That's a promise of God. Take heart, I have overcome the world. So we latch on to that, and we forget the former. We forget that he said, in this world, you will have troubles. Like, and it was plural. He could have just said trouble. Like, just leave it at the one, and that's enough. Like, I got 99 problems. Anyway. Um... And I don't want trouble to be one of them. But he said it. Jesus said it. In this world, you will have troubles. Can we, can we pause long enough with the word of God and just take inventory of what some of the stuff that they went through, the people in the Bible went through? David was running and hiding in caves, running for his life for years, for years. And it feels like you know, this is a side note, but the trouble only came after God anointed him. And sometimes it feels like, ah, oh, it just doesn't feel good. All of a sudden you have this powerful call on your life and now David's running for his life. He, somebody's trying to kill him. Like, that's a big deal. And for years, he's hiding in caves. Look at Joseph's life. You can again look at, man, he saved the nation. Like he did a great job. God really used him. Uh, look, he had a dream. It came to pass. Look at how God really worked through him. But you like, you know, it was 12 years of him being sold into slavery, working for Potiphar, being wrongfully accused when he was an innocent man. And people knew that he was wrongfully accused because if, that, if Potiphar um, thought that he had been with his wife, he would have killed him. So they knew that it was all a lie. Uh, moving right along. That gets you. Ugh, that gets you where, where the, it just hits. Um, and then he's in jail. And then he helps somebody out and they don't even help him out. Right? So he's in this in-between, and praise God, he gets out, but there's an in-between. And if you can't look to God in that in-between and see that he's working, if you can't look to God in that meanwhile and see that he's with you, then you miss him those, that whole time. David would have missed God for years. Joseph would have missed God for years. And I'm telling that telling you that through the word of God, you can know that God is your keeper. 
What did, what did it say about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Uh, or Mishael, Azariah, and... Um, they're like Hebrew names. can't remember. Somebody said, please use their Hebrew names because that was the way of them trying to, you know, make them more worldly uh, by changing their names. So I'm trying to use their Hebrew names, but I can't remember them. But so they were in the fiery furnace. You got to wonder if they even felt, you know, some warmth, you know, when the guards threw them in and the guards died uh, because the, the furnace was seven times hotter. And sometimes it feels like the furnace is seven times hotter that you're standing in, right? And so you got to wonder, did they feel the warmth? Did they wonder what in the world is going on? They had faith in God. But what does the Bible say? Nebuchadnezzar looked out and said, hold up. I see another in the fire. He's like the son of man. He's like a God. God is with you. He is with you. Whether you've received that suddenly or you're still in the meanwhile, you have to know God is with you. He is for you. He is keeping you. The Bible says he hems us in behind and before. Where can I go from his presence? Where can I flee from him? Wherever you go, God is with you. Everybody say that. God is with me. If you would just hold on. Everybody say hold on. You got to hold on. He's with you. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promise. You can trust him. He is faithful. You've got to hold on. Abraham against all hope, hoped. As time went on, he actually believed God more. Sometimes we, you know, when time starts to pass, we start to wonder, does this faith thing really work? Because time has passed, because we didn't get the suddenly. Um, and I'm not speaking against the suddenly. Number three is going to be something about all about the suddenly. So, you know, you, you can get your hopes up because God is a God of the immediate as well. But sometimes when we don't get the suddenly, we start to question, wait a second, is God working? Is he doing anything? Why did Jesus say that the woman kept knocking at the judge's door over and over and over again? And that we've got to be persistent in our prayers. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. Because sometimes there is this meanwhile, but his promises can be trusted if you would just hold on. Everybody say, hold on. Do you know that the enemy's um, resources are limited? Is the devil all-powerful? Thank you. Praise God. Sometimes we have more faith in the faithfulness of Satan than we do in the faithfulness of God, right? Uh, lots of people are talking about, I, got, I'm, I know I'm going to get attacked. Stop it. Like, have faith in God. I'm, I, I just got promoted. I know I'm going to get attacked. Ah, stop it. Don't have more faith in the faithfulness of the devil to try to mess you up than you have in the faithfulness of God. The devil's resources are limited. His power is limited. What happened when Jesus was tempted in the desert? Do you guys remember towards the end 
of the story. Jesus is tempted by the devil in the, in the wilderness. This is while he's fasting 40 days and 40 nights. I get it. I would have been tempted after 40 minutes. Uh, Jesus, you know, it was like 40 days for Jesus. After minute 40, Satan's like, turn this rock into bread. And I'm like, no, no. But anyway, and no, nobody else feels tempted after like 40 minutes of fasting. No. It's the first 40 minutes that are the hardest. And then once you get past the first day, it's all, it's all good. But here's Jesus on the 40th day, and he has this discourse with the enemy. And obviously, it says that uh, Satan left him until a more opportune time. You would think that because Jesus, he is the son of God. That's your most important assignment right now. But Jesus submitted to God and resisted the devil. And what happened? The devil fled from him. The Bible says, submit to God, resist the devil, and the devil will flee. And the, the devil's resources are limited. Is the devil everywhere? Is God everywhere? Is the devil everywhere? Satan had more work to do. So he had to leave Jesus, which that's your prime target. And he goes, this is not going to work. I got to go from a different angle. Let me try maybe somebody who's close to him. Let me, let me try Judas. And so what I want you to hear from that, from that portion of the Bible is that Satan is limited. And if you, would res, if you would submit to God and resist the devil, if you would hold on, if you would continue to have faith, you can be like Abraham who's like almost 100, 100 years old and you could be having a kid. Yeah, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Let me think about a different promise. That's a, that's a good thing. You could be like Joseph feeding the nations. Everybody say amen. amen. If you would hold on, if you would hold tight to the word of God, if you would submit to God and resist the devil, the devil will flee. If you won't play along with the enemy's games, he's going to eventually move on. And I know sometimes he comes back when there's a more opportune time. But like Judas, the Bible says that Satan entered Judas. And then later on in the gospel, we see that Satan enters Judas again. There's not two Satans. It's that Satan had to leave to go do something else. And Judas, he was doing the devil's dirty work. So he continued on with that path of what the enemy started in Judas. And so Satan didn't even have to be involved anymore. He could go walk away and go do something else and then come back at a more opportune time or a more needed time. But if you're the type of person that stands your ground in the word of God, when things get tough, when storms come by and you continue to say, I'm standing on the word of God, his promise is yes, and my, my amen is still resounding, the devil will flee from you. He's limited. He's got boundaries. He can only do so much. And if you would just hold on, everybody say hold on. If you would hold on, your tomorrow will be greater. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Go ahead and shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Go ahead and turn to Galatians chapter 3. Verse 13. 
Number three, if you're taking notes, God has the power to deliver you. God has the power to deliver you. I just talked to you for like 15 minutes about how there's a meanwhile and God was with you in the meanwhile and he is your keeper in the meanwhile. But I'm going to sandwich it from the beginning to the end that your situation can change. It doesn't even take a day. It doesn't take even a day for God to change your whole life around. Your whole life. Galatians 3.13 says this, but Christ has rescued us. Christ has rescued us. Is he currently needing to rescue us? But Christ has rescued us. I don't know much about English because like that was one of the classes that I really messed around during. But has is like back, right? Past tense. I didn't say past tense because there's like past aortic and I don't know what all that stuff is, whatever. Has is in the past. Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. What are some things that you know is a curse from the law? Because sin entered the world. What is something that is a curse? Poverty, next. Disease, next. Addiction, next. Some things that are a curse because sin entered the world. Anybody else? Homosexuality, good. Sickness. Hunger. Oh, Robert. He's hungry. He's hungry. Sickness, disease, sin, the curse of the law. These are things that you have been rescued from. You have already been rescued from. So it can be as serious as an addiction. It can be as serious as sexual sin. Or it can be as small as an ache because of all of the silver and gold that you've been carrying around. The Bible says that we will be, our strength will be renewed day by day. I don't know about you, but when I went to college, when I was, when I was like probably the first year of college, when I was 17 or 18, I rolled out of bed one day and I went, oh, oh, that's why old people complain. It was like when I was 17 or 18, it hit me. Oh, you get aches like if you didn't sleep well or if you're on the bunk bed at a college, you get some aches and pains. The word of God says your strength will be renewed day by day. You can be strong all the days of your life. Joshua, his eyesight didn't grow dim. Moses, he climbed a mountain the day that God took him home. I'm telling you, these men and women of faith, what was it, Caleb? He fought a battle when he was 80 years old. He was fighting in the war. Like, I, after church, I'm like, I'm going to take a nap. I don't ever take a nap. But that's the type of strength. We should be looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. The word of God should be telling you what your life can be like. Not, not the, whatever, the biological clock. That shouldn't be telling you what your life should be like. Uh, not the promotions that are available at your position. That shouldn't be telling you what your life should be like. Uh, not what the world says happens when, when your kid turns a teenager. What should be telling you about your life? 
Jesus, the Word of God, the author and the finisher of our faith. God has the power to deliver you from all sickness, all disease, all weakness in your body, all issues of the flesh, every bone disease, any type of cancer. We've seen it for ourselves. Every virus is under the feet of Jesus Christ. All infection, all poverty, all lack, every area that you that came into this world because of sin, God has already redeemed you from it because Jesus hung on the cross and he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. God is not going to punish you if you are a believer in Jesus Christ. He does not withhold your healing because you didn't read your Bible enough today. He doesn't punish you with wrong things or bad things in your life because you just, you just aren't good enough for God. You are, he sees you as Jesus. As he is, so are we. He sees you as if you are his one and only son. And he loves you the same way and he wants to do for you. He has the power to do it today. He has the power. The Bible says, uh, I think it's in Proverbs, but God is speaking to us through the word of God. And he's saying, if you have the power to act today, don't tell your hungry neighbor, go and, and come back tomorrow. I'll take, you, I'll take care of you tomorrow. And everything that God expects from us in his word is because he already has that character and he already has that nature. So if God has the power to act today, and does he? Yes. He can do it for you today. Amen. Christ has already redeemed us from the curse of the law. Sickness has no place in your body. Disease has no place in your body. If you are a person that, man, genetically, I've got things that are going to start happening to me as I get older. You rebuke that in the name of Jesus and look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. You can be whole mentally. You could be whole in your mind. There's a story of a man in the Bible who he was possessed by many demons and he had that crazy man's strength. You know, the same type of strength that our toddlers have sometimes where they, when they throw their food off the table or whatever it is that you're trying to get them to bed and all of a sudden they, they're strong, but they, they couldn't pick up their toys. Anyway, moving along. So he had that crazy man's strength where they would chain him up they would chain him up and he would break loose of the chains and he would hang out in cemeteries. I mean, you, you got a problem if you're hanging out in cemeteries. I'm just saying. And he would cut himself. That's how you know that stuff is demonic. And he would cut himself. This is a man who he's got problems. And our world would say, well, he's schizophrenic. He has bipolar. And, you know, that could be a thing. But it's rooted in how sin entered the world. It messed, it messed stuff up. And here he is, demon-possessed, breaking chains, hanging out. And not the good chains, you know, they're trying to keep him. Uh, he's hanging out in the cemetery. He's cutting himself. And one interaction with Jesus Christ makes this man to be sitting down, clothed, and in his right mind. Amen? You can be in a place where your mind is not right. You know, sometimes anxiety, 
sometimes worry, fear, and sometimes there's even, you know, the imbalances. That stuff happens to people. You can be in that place and in one interaction with Jesus, completely healed. Actually, he already did it. Hallelujah. If you believe that you have received, you will have it. That's a word from the Holy Ghost to you today. If you believe that you have received it already, when Christ hung on that cross, if you believe that you have received it, it will be yours. You will have it. Come on and lift your hands right where you're at today. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Have faith in God. Believe you have received it. And you will have it. Minister Robert, if you'll come on the keys. Keep your hands lifted right where you're at. Come on, begin to praise God out of your mouth. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He who started a good work will bring it to completion. He is able to deliver us from every evil attack and bring us safely into his heavenly kingdom. Come on today, go ahead and receive by faith. Faith can bring into today what was even meant for tomorrow. By faith, you can receive things that the works of your hands never could. We thank you, Father, for promotion. We thank you, Father God, for the fact that you've been with us in the meanwhile. And we thank you that you're the God of the suddenly. We thank you, Father God, that it says in your word that you will destroy the man of lawlessness with the breath of your mouth and the splendor of your coming. Thank you that the enemy is under our feet. Thank you that when we see him with our eyes, we'll say, is this the one that made the nations tremble? Thank you, Father, that our enemy's under our feet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, that yours is the name above every other name that can be named in heaven and on earth and under the earth. The name of Jesus is higher than cancer. The name of Jesus is higher than lack. The name of Jesus is higher than mental anguish. The name of Jesus is higher than the bondage of sin. You know, sin can grab a hold of you. The Bible, or not the Bible, but there's a saying that says sin will cost you more than you want to pay. It will take you further than you want to go. And it will keep you longer than you ever wanted to stay. partaking it willingly but 
there's a deception that's attached to it that you don't know what you're getting into a lot of the time. Sometimes we do it purposely. But sometimes it's because the enemy has deceived you to make you think that something is good. And the Bible says there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. I want to tell you from the authority of the Word of God that the Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Not one person in this place has been perfect since the day that they were born. You might come into this place and see there's a lot of smiling faces, there's a lot of happy people, and think, well, I, I'm, I'm just a mess. I'm just a mess. But you can know that we were all once a mess. And it was only by the grace of God that we've been saved. But you could be in this place and there is a deception that comes with sin that it begins to harden your heart so that you callous your thing, you harden your heart against the things of God. If you're sinning against God, if you're living in sin, and I could name all the sins that there are, but you know when you're not right with God, there's lying, there's cheating, there's stealing, there's hating, all those kinds of things. The, the list goes on and on. It's from the littlest things to the biggest things. All of them are equal in the sight of God. They all cause you to fall short of God. But you can be in this place and you can have a hardened heart against sin, but know from the word of God, if you've fallen short of the glory of God, the place for you is hell. But there's good news in that God sent his son Jesus to take your punishment. You don't have to go to hell. The Bible says, today if you hear my voice, harden not your heart. Jesus walked around saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You could have prayed a prayer, but Jesus' direction to us was repent. That means you have to turn away from your sin. There has to be a distinct separation from who you once were and who you are today in this moment. And if there is not a distinct separation, you have to look deep into your heart and know, I haven't repented. I haven't turned from my old way of living. Jesus said in his word that you could call on the name of the Lord and be saved. And today, I wanna give you that invitation if you would slowly and quietly stand to your feet, everyone in this room, but keep your eyes closed. You have an opportunity today that if you've fallen short of the glory of God, if you're in the bondage of sin, if you know I'm on my way to hell, or even if you know I have not turned away from the sin that I know God saved me from, if that's you, I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And when you do that, that means that the punishment that was for you, that he died for and he took, it's credited to your account. And then you're made to be with perfect relationship with God. If that's you and you would say, I know I've sinned against God and I need to be forgiven of my sins. I don't want to wait one more day. I need to be made right with God. Raise your hand right where you're at. You would say, I have not repented. I haven't turned away from my sin. 
Anybody in this place, raise your hand up high that you would say, I know I need Jesus. I know I need to be forgiven of my sins and I want to know that I'm going to heaven today. If that's you, come on forward. I'm going to meet you at the altar. There's plenty of hands. Let the people who have courage come first. You would say, I need to rededicate my life. I need to repent. I need to change my way of living. Anybody, come on forward. Don't be shy. Anybody, you would say, I need to give my life to Jesus Christ. I need to be made right. Hallelujah. One is coming. Will anyone join them? Hallelujah. Come on and give God praise. Give God glory. Hallelujah. Anybody else? You would say, I need to repent. I know there's not a distinct separation from who I once was and who I should be in Christ. Anybody else? We're going to pray for this one, and then I'm going to pray for the rest of you. Hallelujah. Go ahead and repeat this prayer after me, and you mean it from your heart. Amen. Say this, dear Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. I believe in my heart. I believe in my heart. That you died for me. That you died for me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me now. Fill me now. With your Holy Spirit. With your Holy Spirit. That I would live for you. That I will live for you. All the days of my life. All the days of my life. Amen. Go ahead and lift your hands. I'm going to pray for you. Can I pray for you? Thank you, Jesus. Fill her now with your Holy Spirit. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on and give God praise. Hallelujah. Now the rest of you, his promises are yes. And you respond with a resounding amen. If you're in this place today and you have an issue in your body, or there's something that you know that God can deliver you from. And as an act of faith, you want to step out knowing that God is doing something right now, whether it's a physical issue or some other type of thing that you know, man, I know by faith God's about to do something in my life. And you want prayer. I want you to come forward now. If it means something to you, it matters to God. So come forward. We're going to pray for you. Go ahead and stand shoulder to shoulder. Here we're going to pray. Anybody else? Maybe you have a physical ailment that you need healing for. Hallelujah. Come on forward. God's about to touch you. God's about to touch you. Hallelujah. Come on, if you're in your seat, go ahead and keep your hands lifted to heaven. As God touches these people, you can know that God's power is in this place. He's going to touch your life too. Anybody else? You need a fresh touch from heaven. Hallelujah. If you're at the altar, go ahead and take a few steps back so we can get in front of you and pray. Hallelujah. Bless God. Pastor Cole, if you're joining me in praying with people, if you want to go on yeah, this side, I'll come over here. Go ahead and, and stay engaged by faith. Hallelujah. Go
burden comes off of you today in Jesus' name. Jesus said his yoke
Lift your hands one more time to heaven. Thank you for the water of your word, God. Thank you for your streams of refreshing. Just take another moment and sow into your next week by praying in the spirit. Come on and sow by faith. Take this moment and sow by faith into your week. I am the head and never the tail. I am above and never beneath. My God is for me. He's never against me. He hems me in behind and before. He protects me. He provides for me. He loads me down with silver and gold. I open my mouth wide and my God fills it. As my days are, so shall my strength be. I will inherit properties that I didn't build. Homes that I didn't build. Hallelujah. I'll have land and vineyards that I didn't plant. Even nations will see, see me and say what wonderful things God has done for them. Your mercies are new every morning. Your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. If you're here today and you know there's something that you're not looking forward to this week, take this moment right now and speak a word of faith into that. That's a word for somebody. I don't know who it is, but there's something very specific this week that you're really not looking forward to. Take this moment and speak into it right now. Tell it what's going to happen. You're the head. You're not the tail. You're above. You're not beneath. You operate from a position of authority. You don't operate from behind. You operate from ahead. And God will give you the wisdom and the plan on what to do. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on and shout.